We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Cissé, what's he going to get on the end of mine, for fuck's sake? No, but Cissé is a good striker if he gets service. A couple of points, Ben. Hello, welcome to True Faith Weekly Podcast. I'm Alex Hurst, joined by Ben and Sai. Mike will be joining us very recently. We're going to talk about Newcastle's humbling soon. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> humbling at the hands of uh, top of the league, Leicester City, in what ranks as one of the worst ever performances, particularly second half that I've ever seen from Newcastle. And there's been a few bad ones to choose from. Uh, Two of the worst goals I've ever seen us concede ever as well. Three, really. Well, Three really. Well, two, no, the second two were, were disgraceful. You did say second half. I did second say second half. half. Yeah. Well, I meant post forty-five minutes, Ben. Right. First half was poor. The first goal was poor, but the second two goals were the biggest shambles I've ever seen in my life. They were, but the first goal, <laughs> uh, he's literally just ran past one of our players. Like literally, <laughs> it's you know Jamie Vardy, that player who everyone's talking about. I reckon if, <laughs> yeah. if they said to him, going for the record, yeah, before the game. Lads, there will be a moment when Vardy will run past one of you in the box unchallenged. <laughs> the keeper will not move <laughs> and he'll score. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Mike's going to join us for some Premier League talking points. And after the success of Friday's True Faith radio quiz, thanks to everybody that listened, I have some more trivia for you lads here and the listeners after last week's Doggers Listeners Challenge, which practically everyone got right. Apart from Lord Spice, I love how because you got it wrong because Newcastle season is so shite. How much trivia <laughs> after putting our shows out? It's just, just it's nothing else. We're all going to be talking about well, actually. We're not going to be experts because we didn't know any of them. But Newcastle just, are shite again, so we're just going to ask some questions. We're just going to do quizzes every week for the rest of the time about better days. Uh, right, lads, we may as well crack on. Uh, I've got a, a quiz for you too, like a bit of trivia, but I'll wait till Mike gets on the phone. Uh, before we start that, so I'll start off with the question everyone's asking. Sai, has time run out on Steve McLaren, in your opinion? Uh, I think I texted you straight after the match saying McLaren's an idiot. What, <laughs> what, we, we need we need rid of him. You did, yeah. <laughs> and I probably still think that because what the hell was he playing at, and what has he been playing at for most of the season? I mean, 
with, with thought he kind of cracked it with, with um, Norwich, Sutherland, Stoke, Chelsea. Chelsea. The performances were improved, but all he'd done really is just play 4 4 2 and just hope for the best and not change that formation for five weeks in a row. And then it's gone shit again and he's got no. He's got nothing else. Uh, what What's more worrying is, and this is very much like what it's been like as Newcastle fan for the last five or six years, is he's just got nothing. If, if it's going badly, he doesn't know how to change it or doesn't seem to be able to get anything out of the players. If if, it's, if we're playing shite at the start of the game, we're going to play shite right at the end at the minute. It's just like... There's no reaction, is there? There's no yeah. players give you now. It's not, yeah, it's not like there's been a really bad first half. He's come in at half-time and sorted them out. Yeah. We can talk about bad eggs. We can talk about people like Sissoko and whether they have attitude problems. I'm sure we'll mention Sissoko again later. But surely that still comes down to the manager, really. Like If he can't get players like Sissoko to, to play with, with a bit of heart, then whose job is it to, to get that out, the best out of these players? Um, we are nowhere near, even on paper, and we've got some poor players in the team, like... Paul Dummett shouting Rob Elliott at least at left back Rob Elliott's really poor Anita's really poor these people shouldn't be playing in Premier League squads but even so we've still got on paper a much better squad than where we are in the league and how we've performed over 13 games this season so is McLaren run out of time yes he's, he's shit <laughs> so that's pretty emphatic answer from you Sai Ben where did it go wrong on Saturday did you feel it just I think he just panicked he he bottled it at half time there wasn't really any need uh, to to go in and make the changes that he did um, having I mean the worst thing about it is he's already experienced some terrible terrible games of football with his team playing the the four two three one formation um, and he's seen some good players absolutely useless in that formation and he still went back to it and you just think like how many times you got it make the same mistake before he's going to get it like we'll, call, we'll just get picked apart far too easily you need a team that's got high energy to play them types of of, of formations and the, the players know what they're doing and I, I mean it's amazing that Premier League footballers need telling how to play formation but it just looks like they've <laughs> despite having played that formation all last season under John Carver and for numerous games this season they still don't know how to play as a team in that formation We'll just get picked off far too easily. The full-backs get left uh, completely um, isolated. And it's just... We're, we're the easiest team to play against in the league, bar none, um, when we're, we're playing that, that formation. I will interrupt you, Ben, because I'm going to bring Mike into the podcast. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Hello, mate. How's it going? I'm very well. You're live on TF Weekly Podcast, so uh, we're just talking about Newcastle against Leicester and Ben... We do, man. And Ben's going to continue talking about Newcastle's failed formation uh, in the second half. Just just to touch on that, Ben, you're saying we can't play that formation. I think you're right. This is this is a manager with a coaching team who spent the whole of pre-season playing 4-2-3-1, then eight weeks of this season playing 4-2-3-1, and then ditched it. So you're talking about in the second half... They switch back to that. Switch back to it when, and it's just it, the game was still in the balance. I'm not. I'm like, okay, they probably had the better chance in the first half, but by no means we were getting <laughs> battered like within the second half. I just think he panicked, fought it early, and gave up on trying to win the game. Almost it was weird. Like 
we, we, we haven't really created many chances in the games we've been playing that because really? you just get Mitrovic isolated up front, Perez was wasted out the left. I barely he barely got a kick in the second half, and he and he was ended up coming far too deep, and it's just it's just the most ineffective formation for the, the squad of players that we've got. Bringing Sissoko into the middle for for part of the game was just a waste of time, and it just it just didn't work, and it's it's mental that he. He still like doesn't grasp that that is not an option. Sorry. Yeah, I was about to say like some, something maybe had to be changed because we lost Tione to injury, and he hadn't really. <laughs> With the most ridiculous, that. like what did he do when like backflip, black backflip, scissor kick in the air, <laughs> and then pulling his groin like a like a <laughs> granddad at a wedding, <laughs> doing the dance. <laughs> <laughs> what the just, just like that yeah, exactly it really says something when you lose to, I mean Tierney's been shite now for, for god knows how long I mean he's been still he's, better he's than been mark, markedly alright the last few games but when he comes out your team and you completely capitulate and this formation goes to shit what's going on like that just makes McLaren look so bad did you just call him McCarrick <laughs> McCarrick man uh, I know what you mean and it like Ben, you took lots of circle there. I'm going to talk about later, but he was he played right mid, left mid, centre mid, hold mid behind the striker, like <laughs> left, left mid. Really, <laughs> <laughs> McCurt man. Uh, it, it's just it is like you say in a panic, but I'll confess to being enlightened a little bit by Monday night football and Gary Neville's analysis, which I've just seen. Because Newcastle created so little in the first half, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know how we'd set up. We were set up to defend. Clearly not. We weren't set up to counter-attack, we weren't set up to press, we weren't set up to attack. When Gary Neville and uh, Jamie Carragher, I think, have just pointed out that in the first half, we're clearly just a thrown caution in the wind. There were numerous times where basically Leicester fucked up massively. Like We were five or six players miles ahead of the ball. Paul Dummett getting done on a regular basis by Mahrez. That There's a couple of times recently where he's been skinned like professional footballers at any level don't get skinned. <laughs> that Mahrez ch- challenge... And the one against Bojan, uh, you know, against Stoke, where he just yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. doesn't. He's not, we're going over world ground here, he's not a left-back. I would much rather see Mbabu, who might also not be a left-back, but at least can get forward play. But Jamie Carragher said it, we showed less than no respect. Jamie Vardy was on one-on-ones, uh, Morris was on one-on-ones. If we were playing Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, there's no way that would have thrown that many players forward. It just, it, 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 it's, it's a McLaren thing again, where he's coming at the start of the season. I, I like his honesty and I like his ambition to the club. He talks the club up compared to Pardew, who's Palace team player tonight, who often talked the club down. McLaren's talked the club, club up, but he just hasn't helped himself. Judges after 10 games, judges after 20 games, we're going to finish top eight. I'll be happy with 40 points. The bloke doesn't have a, have a clue. He's basically got the job on being Graham Carr's mate. And what I think McLaren fails to understand, and also people at the club fail to understand, when I'm asking you, Sai, has McLaren lost it with the fans, or McCarrick, as you call him? Um, McCarrick. As, yeah, as I regularly call him, <laughs> yes. Uh, it, it's not just this season. Let's all remember that we had to put up with 19 games of John Carver, three wins in 19 games, to wait for this. Yeah. So we put up with the whole of last season to wait for McLaren instead of getting a proper manager in. And I know there was a bit of a dearth of uh, options. It wasn't like anyone who wasn't already employed, whereas now you've got Moyes, um, Rogers, which we've just talked about, and and a few others available, whether they're coming to Newcastle or not, I, I doubt it at the, at the moment. 
basically, how would you like to come and work under Graham Carr? <laughs> He'll sign all the players for you. You won't know who they are because they're not very good. Um, <laughs> and then you can coach them in a 4-2-3-4-1 formation. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even... I still don't think there's many. I mean, Tovan. I don't know if I've got time to talk about how bad Tovan was. <laughs> we could literally spend a whole week. But um, I still think that a lot of the players that Graham Carr identifies are decent. They just the fact that we buy them with no real logic to it. It's like, right, we need a left back. Let's go to left back. No, we don't do that. Right, we need a left back. So I'll go and buy number ten. <laughs> right, we need we need a centre half. Um, right. How about number 10? There's no logic to any of the signings. Can I just stick up for Tovan a bit there? And I know he, he was shite. But at least at, at least he got on the ball a bit. At least oh, he tried. He, he tried. A, that's not an at least. He tried to take I mean, people he on. Try he can't say in his defence at least he got past two. That's basically what he's saying. He got but on the ball. you know what I mean? There, you know, was like, times, there was times in the set off Dodsey where I, if he, I could have understood your point had he done that but he didn't. He just bought, he just went into his shell and he was passing the ball back to Yamat. When Yamat was yeah. passing the ball with a one-on-one against the defender, he wasn't looking to take him on. He just gave up and he was just yeah. passing the ball back to Yamat. He was giving the ball straight back to whoever gave him a lot. I'm not going to back to the lad because he's a young youngster. Yeah. Like, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be the focal point for for us to need need him uh, to sort of start something. But at the same time, however, mate, you've, you've fucking <laughs> twelve million pound. Deal over. This is this is going on size comment that these are good players that he signs. Tovan for me again wants to play through the middle as a number ten, but compare Tovan. Uh, yeah, and I know he cost twelve million. Where was Wijnaldum? You know, yeah, he yeah, was yeah. fucking diabolical again. He's like the the uncriticised man. Yeah, he, he's had two. He played well against Southampton at home. He played well at Man United, and he played well obviously against Norwich. Apart from that, mate, you, you were third. We're calling all the players mate now. <laughs> uh, you, you were third most expensive signing of all time. How come you go missing? Yeah. The amount of challenges he bottles as well. Mm-hmm. If that was the likes of, well, pick any any number. If that was Sissoko, the ground would be up in arms. Oh, yeah. Well, they but, are anyway, regardless of whether he's put. <laughs> we're going we're going off topic here a bit. Ben, do you agree with size assessment there? Like Graham Carr signs decent footballers. I don't say it like. Well, look, look at who bought Perez, Mitrovic, Wijnaldum, and uh, Mbemba. Four decent players. They just they haven't filled the right positions. Well, we've talked about this before, actually, and I think I did defend him. In fact, I was on a radio show recently. I think we had this argument, didn't we? Where I said I did name those forward being good signs, but at the same time, there's, there's some other ones. Anita, for, for, for every four good signs you can <laughs> name, I can name four bad ones. Yeah. Um, every every manager has Cabela, Anita. Um, I'd take Cabela back over Tovan. I mean, I'd take Cabela back as well. It's just, it's just frustrating, and just some of the players they've let leave. I mean, we talked about it the other day. It's the players that they've let go recently. You know, more you know what? You know what's annoying? The fucking Chronicle or today are saying today was a runout for Johan Gufran's central midfield audition against West Brom reserves and flogged Media Bead for like a fiver to Greece. Mm-hmm. Probably haven't even paid the like pay where we did, get some money. Do you play in the reserves again today? Like So what? so that raises the question, Ben. Yeah, go on. How bad are the are the likes of De Jong that like surely I was thinking he he's gonna bring he's in. gonna bring De Jong in centre mid. Surely he's gonna yeah. bring De Jong in centre mid. No <laughs> Tovan, <laughs> get yourself on. It's it is mental, isn't it? You just wonder, is he like they must be scared that he's gonna get injured. Because to be fair, um, every time he steps on the pitch, he what, what's to lose if he gets injured? Fine, just just play him. Wow. Yeah. Give, him give him some minutes yeah, on the. Yeah. Pitch. It'd be an absolute nightmare if we couldn't bring him on for those last seven or eight minutes to literally not touch oh, the ball. Yeah, 
Like, like he did this week again, just came on, didn't get the ball he's done it in like, like 15 minutes. Five or six games a season, giving him five, ten minutes. What's the <laughs> point? Like, did you just give just saying, like, uh, TM, how fit are you? <laughs> 97%? Well, not risk it. Like, we need you 100%. It's just, it's ridiculous how fragile he is. And it's, I, I completely agree with you. Like, what what has he got? What's he got to come to when we've got a neat area in Tote starting ahead of, of, of a player that was the Ajax captain, has had dush caps. Was meant to be a really good player, highly touted, played in the Champions League. How uh, inferior players get ahead of him? It's just mental. I don't know what he's what he's. <laughs> I need do it, an inferior. <laughs> yeah, yeah. this is this is what I wrote the daily blog for True Faith, which will be up tomorrow. Normally, I do the like three winners and losers of the Premier League action, but I just did Oldney Castle this week. And me winner, one of my winners was Vernon Anita, who continues to play football at the highest level domestically. And it's like Graham Carr's got a spreadsheet on his computer, and he's like, right. Yes or no? Has this player won a few international caps when they were younger, so I can sign them as a Dutch international, despite not having played for Holland in about five years? Although, Take, didn't he get does this player play for a successful? I oh, but have you seen the state of them? Oh, no, <laughs> He's no. literally the the cons, Holland considered turning to vote in at the lowest <laughs> ebb in their nation's history, and still said no. Um, has this player? <laughs> Does he play for a successful domestic team in one of Europe's lesser leagues? Tick. Yes. Can I buy any of his teammates? No. <laughs> Is he the only player of like the champions of Holland who are willing to, are they willing to sell him? Yes. Is he under six foot? Yes. Is he injury prone? Yes. Is he a number 10? <laughs> yes. Right. We're going to make you a derisory offer so that we're going to have a long, drawn-out 12 to 18-month transfer saga where we eventually get 50 grand off the asking price out of about 10 million and we'll sign him and we'll move on from there and then Lee Charlie can fill in on his like little sheet for Mike Ashley I saved 50 grand on the signing of CM De Jong he's shite like but I've saved 50 grand that seems to be the whole fucking process behind it we need to start buying say, I've, English I've players or not even English players players who are proven in the Premier League you look at some of the players I'm sorry to ramble on look at some of the players who are playing now who you know I mean even Jamie Vardy's won Jamie Vardy scored something like six. Well, he scored, he scored hardly any goals in the championship, you know, in yeah. sixty odd appearances. But what are you talking about? He wasn't playing as a striker, was he? No, but but still, he didn't stand out. No one was thinking, "Oh, fucking Jamie Vardy." Yeah, yeah. It takes players time to settle in this country, especially new players. Very rarely does a new player come here and hit the ground. And some do, some don't. When you play for Newcastle, you you simply have to look at Cabela. You simply have to be class straight away. Sorry, I don't know if you like putting your hand up. Or... Um, I was celebrating the cheerleaders on that <laughs> but go on yeah, I'll, no I'll come in on that yeah do we need to sign English players yeah absolutely or we need to sign some proven players I'll t- I'd, I'd go more with the latter because I was thinking this today like what, why, do, why do we not have a team why do we not seem to have like a team mentality we've got a load of players again people like uh, Mbemba who started off alright but he can't speak English or Spanish or Dutch like he's just he's just been hiding into a team <laughs> he doesn't really he's not going to be able to communicate with his teammates I think why can't you speak Spanish and blah 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 <laughs> There's only Perez that speaks Spanish. Right. Graham Carr's on Football Manager now. Take him, forget the other boots. Languages, Greek, <laughs> Spanish. Yeah, we, we don't have a team. There's definitely not a team mentality there. They don't seem to give a shit about each other. Yeah. Every, every time someone fucks up, they're just looking at each other like, what are you doing? When you saw Leicester, like, one of them scores, all ten of them came running up, celebrating, yeah. like, delighted. Um, why don't we have a team? Like, we don't really have a core of players anymore. Like, there was a time when we had, like, a, a, a you know, French contingent. You know, it doesn't have to be all English. We're still shit then, Cy, though. <laughs> but when, when we finish fifth, 
you know, Arsenal have done it over the years with 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 foreign based players, but they had like good professionals and a, and a good team mentality. We've got terrible professionals, none of whom form a team. And yeah, I think that the place to start with that is to get some British players. Just well, this is the thing. I mean, the the antidote to that is Sunderland, who have got loads of British players and are even worse than us somehow. <laughs> and and you, you're calling the lads bad professionals there. I think that's a bit harsh. But I can understand where you're coming from. Whereas you look at the alleged actions of the Sunderland players, not the ones we were censored for, but the ones uh, you know, the drinking culture, go at Lee Cattenmore, going out smashing up cars in the middle of Newcastle, stuff like that, and then still being worshipped as a hero despite being shite. Like <laughs> the the it, it falls to me with the manager because, like Ben, you said at the start, I don't think our team is that much better than the league position. I think on our day, set up tactically correctly and motivated, we could do better. But look at the sides immediately above where West Brom probably we could we should probably be above West oh, Brom. Stoke maybe I don't know like no, Stoke have no, got a reasonable team, but then again we're battered Stoke. We're yeah. far superior to Stoke yeah. the other week. Um, I just think I just think it comes down to bad management, and I think it comes down to bad tactics. McLaren now is pleading time. He's saying again it's a massive job sorting out last season's mess. When Newcastle were fucking ninth when Pardew left, and that was good. And so how how is it going to like I, I don't understand McLaren's argument. Did John Carver do that much damage? Well, probably. But all you'd say is that that John Carver was you know was John Carver who probably just continued the processes Alan Pardew had in place. I haven't worked with him for four years. I don't understand McLaren's point that this is going to take a long time and he doesn't know what he's going to get from the team. Stop fucking picking the same players. Stop picking the players. He says in the interview after the match, "Oh well, I've got no idea." What this team are going to do? We'll pick different players. Pick players who don't pick Paul Dunn at left back. <laughs> don't play Colaccini at centre back. Who's who's a, like a farce? Yeah, don't he's don't been play. In the worst form of his life. Don't play Robert Eaton, goal who can't fucking come for a cross or speak to the defence. Don't play Vernon Anita constantly. Like I know there's no one else, but stop. We, we we talked about it last last. I'm sure it was last season actually in the Carver, or it might have been McLaren earlier this season. But just saying, like you know what you're getting from these players. And it's just not good enough. So why not start giving some of these players a shot? Yeah. Um, and Baba got a chance and played really well. Yeah. What's to and, say that? And, and Paul Dummett, who's never played well at left back in his life, yeah. is cute and not the fucking yeah. team. But it's just like it, it worked out once. Okay, it's not going to work every time. But but what like as you say, I'd much rather look to invest in some of these players and give them a shot because at least they probably have a bit more confidence to to run at a player rather than just getting the ball and passing straight back to fucking Yamat. I suppose the only problem is I don't know if you've looked at the, uh, the, the, the youth teams the last couple of years well. but they're shite as well right. so, so the but, whole club but do you know what I mean it's, as you've alluded to there we've just let players go that shouldn't have been let go Santon Jonas Abid like Santon Jonas Abid would start to be like the first three fucking exactly. names on the team exactly. sheets and yet we've, we've let them go in the last of the last 12-18 months or whatever and it's just mental that we've got a small squad as it is you're not telling okay, Santon probably was quite high in it. You're not telling me Jonas and Abid though were well actually Jonas was on quite a big contract, wasn't he? But Abid must have been on football. Yeah. Like it we're a Premier League club getting millions in through the gate. Surely we can afford to keep him on like he's twenty, ten grand a week, whatever he was on. It's just a mental it's a mental decision to let him go, considering he's had Premier League experience as well. Yeah. He was getting games last season and playing alright in some of them. Um All of them. And it's just like you, you've you've got rid of him to. Well, he was playing a lot him. better than Anita Antiere, exactly. who have now got starting every it's game. Just to make some of the decisions they've made, uh, just mental. And it's, at the end of the day, I mean, 
you can criticise McLaren all you, all, all you want and as you're saying you should be getting better results from the players but, but at the same time conversation, what, yeah. squad, what squad has he got to work with can imagine the conversation though what, what alternatives are there for centre midfield Colback's out injured we've got Anita and Tiote pick themselves because we've got nobody else we've even let that come in lad who was meant to be yeah. something special he's fucked off to Leon or something and it's like there's always the option of De Jong there's always the option of playing and starting Sissoko not hoying them all over the place I know what you mean and I agree with you to an extent but for me that's what I mean they're still part of the problem they're still playing in the team that's doing shit or play play 4-3-3 three, three, play a different formation don't play the same tried formation and just accept getting beat 3-0 don't, yeah, don't, don't start this game and think right Mitrovic and Perez I know Mitrovic is poor against Bournemouth but and think right these two have been decent recently Oh, I tell you what, Perez. If you stand as far away as Mitrovic as, as possible, yeah. like so, he's by himself. I mean, he was he was poor. Well, he's, he's been isolated in the last two games, and he's looked his worst. Yeah. So before, when Perez, Sissoko, and Wijnaldum aren't like aren't getting near him, he just like I don't care who you are, the best players in the world wouldn't be able to do anything. Well, they, they do, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but. The best players in the world can't with the can. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? My, my point is, is Mitrovic is completely isolated. Huth and Wes Morgan had it so easy because they just had to just do it on him. I mean, we're, we're a little no, bit unlucky. There's no chance of anyone getting behind him. Newcastle were a disgrace, but the first goal was offside and Robert Huth should have been sent off um, for elbowing him in the, the throat. It was an elbow. Well, far arm and off, was it that, was it? Just a hat, he just grabbed him. Well, he should have been, it was by the left. So we're on another day, but Newcastle were deserved now. Leicester, this isn't bitterness, and obviously I'm hugely jealous of what Leicester fans are doing right now. I thought their fans were pretty subdued, really, and it was just cold, but they weren't as loud as I I would have been if we so comfortably away from home. But it was just so easy for them. They didn't do all special, Mm -hmm. they just kind of played with a bit of purpose, and you could could say their confidence was sky-high. Do you have, I mean, Palace are playing right now as we're, as we're talking. Uh, Sign Ben before I come to Mike. Is, do, do you see Newcastle going to Palace and doing absolutely anything? Is, is there light at the end of the tunnel for, for McLaren or is, it, is this literally all just waiting for them to get sacked? We're doing travel well for starters and that team's going to be the same. In fact, no, because Tierney will probably be out injured. So it's going to be who knows what team <laughs> we're going to pick. It's I, I think we'll they'll just wait they'll buy the time Pardew will do his usual trick of just waiting at half time yeah I don't think he will I think that's what we'll try and do and I think they'll score two or three goals in the first half Uh, their home form's not been that good mind but I I think we'll get beat we're, we're the perfect team to play if you need yeah. if you need an upturning <laughs> form that's yeah. the thing some, some uh, run for him isn't it we, we said earlier um, oh Ben I think you said it saying we're such an easy team to play yeah it's such a shame of a result because, like the the narrative of the season was like we started off like very poorly and then got worse, like with culminating in the Watford and uh, Chef Wed games. Since that Chef Wed game, the the only time we really played badly, well, is um, Bournemouth and we still won. Mm-hmm. So this is just a massive kick in the teeth because any semblance of progress uh, has just been absolutely wrecked really and it's just it's just a shite time to be a castle fan Mike you were uh, a guest of mine at the weekend uh, you came up to watch Newcastle uh, play Leicester City wishing you'd stayed at home oh it's a, a, a treat wasn't it um, I think I think you've been fairly depressingly comprehensive in, a, in what you said but I think 
for the first time watching you in the flesh this season, the one thing that, that struck me, apart from the, the lack of cohesion and, and seeming plan, there was every time, I think there was a particular member would stride out with the ball several times from the back, and they'd look up and there was just nothing. Uh, no one moving, no one, certainly no one in the centre mid dropping off and, and, and picking the ball up and, and having that purpose to drag it forward. So several times ended up pushing it to the full-backs, left the plan with two wingers, shut them down and you lose the ball straight away. Um, it, 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 several times and Bebba came out and just had his hands out just like <laughs> any chance and then absolutely nothing um, so uh, yeah I uh, I can feel your pain having, having seen that first hand but um, yeah it's uh, it, it didn't look like anyone on that pitch knew what was doing much less the, uh, the, the, the coaches on the touchline so it looked uh, yeah pretty uh, pretty dull and as you said all Leicester had to do really was, was show a bit of purpose that, that first half Leicester weren't that great either it was, it was pretty uh, pretty limited from both teams so all they had to do was get on the front foot and, and, and so many times it was one ball in behind and, and the pace of Morris and Vardy you're, you're one on one on, on toast again so it does it does strike of a, a lack of strategy or kind of awareness uh, plan for, for, for what Leicester are going to offer which given the, the fact that their, their, uh, their good form has been so publicised is pretty hard to hard to understand Yep, I think that's very well put, Mike. Uh, that's about it for Newcastle now. We've moved on for half an hour. Yeah, so let's, let's do some quizzes. Let's do more quizzes, <laughs> and uh, we're going to talk. Mike's going to talk us through some of the Premier League talking points from the weekend. So we're here now for what is affectionately known by me as the quiz part of the show. Going to start off with Doggers game, then I have Doggers listeners challenge. And also a, a bit of a challenge for you, lads. <laughs> Three quizzes. <laughs> Better than talking about Newcastle. Right, lads, Doggers game. You know the rules. Who am I? You can answer after the first two guesses. Former Newcastle United player. I was born on the 29th of January, 1980. <laughs> this is a picture of uh, attention here looking at you two. I only played for five clubs in a near 350-game career. 1980, did you say? Yeah, 1980. Five clubs. So I will now accept guesses. Kevin Nolan. Incorrect. Karen. I only played 22 games for my national team, scoring one goal. Pete Lovenkrantz. Is correct. Well done, Si. You've definitely done them before these clues. I've not done Lovenkrantz before. I've got a list. I'm sure we've discussed how Lovenkrantz only ever got one in National Goal. Yeah, we'll probably have. One of the biggest disgraces in football. <laughs> I was in 22 games. 22 games for a terrible team like Denmark, Denmark. as well. Well, it's that bloody low bent that kicked them out. Bit of an anticlimactic Doggers game this week. The other clues were going to be my first NUFC oh. goal was against West Brom. Uh, I scored six Bundesliga goals in three seasons. <laughs> I played 129 games in Scotland, scoring 37 goals. Yeah. So, great a, lad, great a, lad. Yeah, bit of an anti. He's just he's a bit of a tune hero, just because. Um, he's got a nice song about. He's got a good song, and he tried hard. He said, uh, he "Yeah." He scored like 40 goals, and didn't he? Wasn't he had a decent? So I'd be very, very surprised if he scored goals. 40 goals from Newcastle. Just you wait. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, thanks because, for uh, Mickey he's at least 5 foot 1 <laughs> <laughs> well actually 5 foot maybe he's 8 or 9 <laughs> he backtracked so quickly he's, he's basically a dwarf <laughs> uh, well Sai furiously, furiously said just the number of goals people on Quantum score for Newcastle well done when well, you got Doggers listeners challenge last week on Twitter at TF Weekly Pod uh, it was easier than I thought um, it was the name the 
uh, cities to have two football league clubs. Oh, yeah, we did it last week. And uh, I should really have got the answer, but it was like Bristol, Nottingham, London, Manchester, Manchester Liverpool. We did it at the time. And right? Stoke. Uh, we've got Port Vale. Um, everyone got it right, apart from uh, Lord Spiceman, who forgot Stoke. Birmingham as well. Uh, to, to be fair though that's, that's keeping it I reckon he does it on purpose <laughs> from the, the radio show. he did better on the quiz this week I did 29 goals 20, 29 goals for Newcastle Peter Longcrans it's basically, basically 40 yeah <laughs> uh, yeah so again the listeners challenge this week is oh sorry I should say well done to Josh McLoon uh, he was the first one to get it right also won the quiz on Friday the NERC quiz we did live on uh, Radio Northumberland so Josh Smashing it recently with his quiz answers. Fair play, mate. Uh, Josh also won two tickets to watch Newcastle Liverpool, courtesy of Phoenix Taxis, by winning the quiz, dethroning NUFC 1980-1994, finally. Um, right. The TF Weekly Pod listeners challenge this week. Let us know on Twitter, at TF Weekly Pod, if you can tell us the answer to this question. There are nine players to have scored for six different Premier League clubs. Andy Cole, Les Ferdinand, Marcus Bent, <laughs> Nick Bombie, Craig Bellamy, Darren Bent, Peter Crouch, Robbie Keane and Nicholas Analga. Can you name the only two clubs played for five times each by a section of these players? So that's nine players have scored for di- six different Premier League clubs. What are you looking at? That's a great question, Darren. <laughs> six different Premier League clubs. <laughs> Andy Cole, Les Ferdinand, Marcus Bent, Nick Bombie, Craig Bellamy, Darren Bent, Peter Crouch, Robbie Keane and Nicholas Anelka. Of all of the clubs that those different players have played for, there are two clubs that pop up five times amongst them. Nicholas Anelka scored six, six different, different Premier League clubs. Yeah. He's Premier League. Around, yeah. Fucking outside. Do you want us to go through them? So you've got Bolton, City, Arsenal. Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea. Uh, There's five. And... Is it... Um, West Brom? West Brom. Yeah, you've got it. There you go, side. <laughs> Nicely done. Nice. Right, yep, yeah, get in touch on our TF Weekly Pod. I've tried me hardest on this one, so it's intentionally hard. <laughs> I'm probably giving you all the answers there. Are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Right, nice. <laughs> uh, right, lads, I've got a quick one for you before we get on to the Premier League talking points. Uh, can you, between you, just shout them out? Um, what, Ben? Just thought we were going to give the ball around into the box there, so Right. <laughs> Palace pressed very high. Doesn't bode well for us. Um... Can you name for me as many African Premier League hat-trick scorers and see if you can get them all? <laughs> so can you name for me as many African Premier League hat-trick scorers as possible? Kanu. Kanu isn't one. Benjani. Is one. Uh, Demba. Yeboah and... Demba. Bar. Bar. Demba Bar. Cissé. Isn't one. Jogba. Um, is one. Um, Size contributing loads. Uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the cameras. One of the, come on, get, Henry, yeah. Henry camera. Henry camera is one for Wigan. Diamante uh, camera. Nope. Uh, that's um, Choi. 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 Solomon Choi. Oh, yeah. um, nope. Oh, does Shola count? Shola does not count, and he hasn't scored a Premier League right anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, lads. Some obvious more, ones here. How many more the, oh, Loads more. McCarthy. <laughs> Isn't one. Clock is ticking, come on. Um, Odin Wingy. Is one. Um, Ober Martins. Isn't one. Um, <laughs> juice, I like Juice. Isn't one. 
Mido. Isn't one. Didn't it? Or? No. Um, oh, Adebayo. Adebayo's one, yeah. Oh, Canute. Isn't one. But the hell, you've got more ones that haven't than have. How many left? Loads. Really? <laughs> Some really, really obvious ones. Tiki Kamara. <laughs> We've got Didier Drogba on the list, which yeah. no one said. I've said Drogba. Did you say Drogba, yeah, have you? Drogba, Drogba right. Shall I go through it, lads? I don't think he's going to get any more. Hang on. Um... Stop watching Sunderland yeah, Palace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Yaya Toure isn't one. Cola Toure? Maybe Yaya Toure is. I feel like I've missed Yaya Toure, but no, Jovino Giov- <laughs> isn't. Again, you've you have picked practically African every African player that hasn't uh, that hasn't scored a hat in the Premier League. <laughs> well, that's not true. Aruna Dindan got oh, one. Oh, that, that really obvious one. <laughs> How did Sa- that? Solomon Solomon Kalu. Oh, Kalu, fair enough, Kalu. Samuel Leto. Oh, yeah, I forgot he played in the Premier League. Yannick Balassi. Uh, Yakubu. Oh yeah. Tony, Tony Yaboa, Peter and Love and Lovu and Lovu. If that's Lovu, it. I said Yaboa. Yeah, and I said, <laughs> and, I, and I said yes right at the start, Mike. I went, yeah. Mike, Mike, can you pl- say I said Yaboa again, <laughs> please? I'll take me one. <laughs> and also the last man to score, the last African man to score a hat trick very recently this season against the Magans. How? Who scored a hat trick against the Magans? Oh, Mane. Oh, Mane, yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't know. Uh, it was Aruna Kone. Oh, okay. Right, listeners, that's your uh, African Premier League hat trick sorted. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great listen that last yeah. minute. I have to say, I absolutely smashed it then. Yeah, a fountain of what with players who didn't score Premier League hat tricks who were African. <laughs> I, got, I got all of the ones that did though, practically. Right, Mike, talk to us about the Premier League, please. It's easier said than done. All I can, all I can think of now is like the night of Aruna did that and where he scored a hat trick. Uh, <laughs> Portsmouth. I think uh, I think I think a good place to start. As I'm sure you'll be delighted, Dodsey. Um, Man United, Mister Van Hal. Now no, we we caught a bit of this game in, in between before the uh, before the kick off of the, of the Newcastle game on Saturday. But I just think um, the, the win at Watford kind of it's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, you know a, a line in the sand for Man United. I think the way they won more than anything. Um, I know they didn't play fantastically. Watford had a couple of great chances. Um, not a bad result and the way Man United have been setting up fairly fairly defensive teams dropping points all around them you, you, you'd expect the way they've been playing about how Mike might settle for that right at the end of the game but I, I think it struck me the way that they came back straight away after, after conceding that goal and just barraged Watford and, and got that got that goal back got that winner very sort of reminiscent of, of, of United teams from, from, from previous years gone by um, now I think they're not the greatest team that, that we've ever seen in the Premier League by, by, by no sense imagination but I think this year if you look at the likes of City again including at the weekend Chelsea are obviously out of it Arsenal have, have always got a ridiculous result like, like, like the weekend in them as well Man United if they can keep grinding these results out they haven't they haven't really shown their, their full potential yet they just keep grinding results out and if they can keep doing that I think that they should be you know Worthily talked about as, as having a chance of winning the title as as, as ridiculous as that seems given given what we've talked about them in the past. But I think this season, I think it's since 1994, 
thousand at this stage is the, is the, the, the lowest amount of points that, that the team top of the Premier League is, is actually registered, and there, there's no one team that's going to run away with it. Um, and I think the way that United are playing, they're, they're truly due to, to put in some, some some better displays and start start blossoming a bit. Um, I think they they've got as good a chance as any uh, of being with a shout towards the end of the season. I totally disagree. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think you're reading too much into the Watford thing. They were shite. Watford should have won. David De Gea. They is... were. They were, but, there, but there's a lot of teams that, that, that at the top that, that are just dropping points left, right and centre. Surely they keep picking points up in, in these games where they're not playing well. Surely there's going to be a time when, when they hit four. And uh, I know they haven't got unbound potential to be better than the, the likes of a City or, or an Arsenal on their day but if they keep picking these points up that's what uh, the, likes of, the likes of Arsenal getting done by, by West Brom uh, are not doing and I'm not saying they're going to win the title but they, they certainly I should be in there with, with a shout coming in the season so you're not saying they're going to win the title they're just going to be in the race I suppose that's the minimum that my point's always been that should be the minimum that shouldn't be anything to celebrate not that I'm saying you're celebrating it but Van Hal would certainly see it as progress Le- Leicester this weekend is a big game for them uh, if, if they go and win at Leicester I could kind of see that where you're coming from I don't think I'm trying to look through their fixes now apart from Arsenal where they got absolutely hammered 3-0 yeah. they haven't played any hard away games at all so looking at their fixtures, I can see they've still got to go to. I mean, West Ham are, are not that good at them, but West Ham are fifth. They've still got to go to Tottenham. Sixth, they've got to go to Man City. They've got to go to Chelsea. Um, they've got to go. They've got to go to Liverpool. So there's still a lot. You know, I think the fixture list, the first half of the season, is it's only really thrown up Arsenal away of all the top five uh, teams to to play against. You know, they had the impressive result at Arsenal, but I, I don't know. I just think there's only so long, and I, and I know I keep waiting for the bubble to burst. There's only so long you can keep conceding the amount of chances Manchester United do, and everyone talks about their great goal scoring record. And you know, I've got no not goal scoring. Sorry, their great defensive record, and it is it is very good. Nine goals conceded is very good, but it's it's more by luck than design. So you know, <laughs> uh, I'll just say fair play. It was a good result this weekend, but you know. I can't imagine back in the day a Manchester United team would be thinking, oh, you know, they managed to stick in and get a great result at Watford. Fucking hell. It's Watford, man. No, no, no. No, I no, I, I agree with you on that, but I think the, the money, you'd expect the way that Van Hal has been setting them up, you'd expect them to settle for that. I mean, it's not the easiest of all games to get to Watford. Um, uh, and I, I think at that late stage, you'd expect them to settle for it, but, but they've, they've picked up and, and got the victory. What I would say, if you look at, talking about their fixtures, if you look at them for the, for the, for the December... They've got uh, they got Chelsea at the end of the month, but they got West Ham, Stoke, Norwich, and Bournemouth in December after Leicester as well. So you can see them having a pretty fruitful Christmas. Looking at those fixtures, they should be they should be looking to win all those games. Um, so I, I think they could well be in a, in a very strong position come January. And the, and the fact that the likes of City and Arsenal are regularly dropping points um, j- j- just gives them a chance when they keep taking over. Um, to, to, to be right in it and, and, and have a say at the end of the season. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Nice point. Uh, next, I think you want to talk about West Ham. Yeah, well, just, just basically trying to redeem ourselves from the beginning of the season. I know huh. me and you certainly and a few of us were, were questioning Billich, uh, Billich's appointment at West Ham and um, given, given his previous record. Um, and I'm basically just now hoping that, that, that this lovely 
now obviously they got quiet out for a few months which is which is massive for them and several home games coming up they got West Brom at home coming up which on the face of it doesn't look like a, a difficult game but West Brom are going to go to West Ham no sit in which West Ham can't play against they, they need to be playing on the counter attack and, and catch the teams at that pace I don't know, Mike. Uh, we we went to West Ham and tried to sit in, and they won, they won pretty easily. <laughs> That's us. Uh, I don't think you can use league. yourself as a bellwether, to be honest, at the moment, any sort of form. Um, but I, I just think that you know, we know West Ham. We know how, how quickly negativity can can start to spread down there. Um, and I think, especially if they if they you know have struggled again at home, that that home crowd's not gonna not gonna not gonna let them off for long. Um, and I just think if you look at Bilic's record, he had a, had a really poor record um, second half of the season in Turkey. Started the season, he was top of the league um, with in February March time. Plenty clear, and, and ended up absolutely nosing it up. And I think if you look at Croatia as well, he took the tail off um, there. So there's form there for him doing it, and initially coming into their teams, um, coming into jobs as a manager, and, and you know getting, getting players up for it and having that initial impact, which we've seen a lot of managers do. What is more difficult is 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 sustaining that and, and, and having a team and setting up a club that can consistently consistently perform. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I think that the, the next few games they've got the likes of Stoke and Villa coming up in December and, and West Brom, as I say, games that West Ham should be, you know, their fans and, and the coaches should be looking to win. If they don't. Uh, and, and their best players out, then, then we could start seeing. I think you could start seeing the wheels come off. But um, you know, having said that, going to Tottenham away is a is a very difficult, very difficult task. But I, I just think I just think you can't see West Ham sustaining that that, that first half of the season uh, much longer. Yeah, I mean, I think the point you were making there, it's a lot easier to to play. I mean, all the all the big wins this season. They've gone away from home where the the opposition are expected to to take them to task, and they've obviously gone there. They've, they've got a pretty decent sort of compact team. Um, I think Noble's a decent player, um, who's sort of bit bit unstylish maybe, but he's a good good player. Um, and the the back four have been quite solid for them. I mean, I know Jenkinson and Cresswell are probably two of the sort of lesser held players, but they're, they're solid solid players. Um, when the, when they're asked to just sort of do the defensive jobs, and I think that that sort of helps it when they they're they're not expected to get forward and and contribute so much to it and just concentrate on defending. And then the likes of Payet, Sacco, uh, Lanzini, sort of the the skillful players get maybe get a bit more um, space on the ball to to counter attack, and that's obviously helped when they've, they've been away from home. As you say, the difficulty is going to be when they're at home and they're expected to dominate teams and. And teams will sit in, and then the likes of, of of Jenkinson are expected to contribute going forward, which I, I don't think he's he's really got it in with him. Um, as well, I think he's been a bit unsure how how to set up more recently. Um, with Carroll coming back, I think it was a bit easier at the start of the season because they had um, who's it, Sacco, and who's the other striker who's out injured? Oh, Valencia. Valencia, yeah. yeah. Um, those two are a lot more mobile, and they'll they'll sort of chase the run down the channels, and they'll chase the ball a lot, and they'll they'll work hard. Carroll's a completely different kettle of fish. He, I mean, he, he'll graft, but he he wants the ball off too quickly. He's not really gonna um, he's he's not really gonna sort of contribute um, 
sort of with the build of playing things like that and I just think it, they've, they've sort of been caught into going a bit more route one to him recently and it maybe just doesn't work out for the, for the likes of Lanzini and Noble and, and Payet that they want to keep the ball on the ground and play a bit of football um, so I mean it'll be interesting to see I don't I mean I, I don't think they'll they'll stay sort of I think they've dropped out six after yesterday I mean that that Spurs game just showed you that I think they're not at that level yet of the, the sort of top six teams in the league Um and they were well short against Tottenham. I think that'll sort of come come uh, a bit more obvious later on the season. I, th- I think Everton at the minute are a better team than them. Lovely, lovely thread there, Ben. Because uh, Mike wants to talk about Everton next. Yeah, well, seamless, seamless, Ben. As as per, but I was, I was just thinking about about Everton um, at the end of the weekend, really. And they obviously looked at a bit of a mediocre season last season. Uh, uh, and now they're now, now they're looking really strong, a really good strong. But thinking about it, really, and, and whether can, we can expect Everton, a team like Everton, with their resources, to consistently year after year be fighting up for say a, a top six spot um, with, with the way things go. You look at them this season, and they've got the likes of Lukaku, Stones, Barkley, and Delafoe, all 21, 22 real good young core to that team that's starting week in week out and, it, and it's now delivering um, but if you look traditionally at what happens when teams of that, that stature that size have, have a good season those players will go the players will go they'll likely get into Europe which causes problems itself and, and expectations are higher which is, is, is hard as we saw from Everton last year um, to, to, to meet now I think what will be interesting this season with the TV money coming in we saw obviously Manchester turned down money from Chelsea for Stones over the summer. Um, whether Everton can hold on to those players for another year and 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 and, and, and make that more consistent effort at, at, at pushing for the top six places, because what would be at the back of my mind if I was an Everton fan now, when and you're having a great season, I'd just be thinking that you'd be thinking about next season. I don't just the, the negative uh, lower league fan of me, but you're thinking about next season and whether you can whether you can sustain that because. Every time you, you, you play well and put yourself in the shop window as a team, you, you just expect that your your star players, your, your team's going to be dismantled um, and taken apart next season. Which I think would be a shame because I think Martinez seems to be doing a, a good job of, of turning around a, an ageing team. I know last season was pretty mediocre, had a good first season. Um, but that's now a real, they've got a really good young core to that team. Uh, we have a big market value now as well. And, and, and I just think it would be interesting to see whether, because I know earlier in the season there were, there were protests against Ken Wright and, uh, and the way that Everton was managed and the lack of investment. And it really will be telling this year if they can resist again and keep hold of at least three of those those four players um, and build again. Um, if there's really going to be a sea change in the Premier League with this money coming in, or whether the bigger teams will just just, just shell out more money and things will be the same as, as they always have been. But I think Everton's a good a good case in point. I know Remy Gard came out, um, the Villa manager, after the game of the weekend, saying, you know, they're the blueprint for a, a team our size. That you know, the way we need to go, young players and and, and, and living within your means, but, but but you know, challenging at the top of the league. Um, but I think if you can't sustain that, there, there's only only so long that, that, that fans will, will put up with that. And it'll be a, yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a telling summer, I think, this year coming in with the new TV deal. Yeah, the only uh, criticism I have you there, Mike, is yeah, it, it would be good to keep the the team together, definitely. But 
this not being Newcastle again if they do manage to get big money they can always reinvest and that's the thing isn't it you look at Southampton or the, or the model for that like they've reinvested really really well and you'd say that you know losing a lot of the players that they lost hasn't had any real impact on their progression as a side and you can make it as a as a smaller you know as a kind of club that don't have that resources if they sell Joss Joss Josh yeah. Stones and Joss Stones and Lukaku for 50, 60, 70 million you've got a good scouting network and a good uh, and, a, and, a, and a kind of consistent team for good players to come into you can get better and better but yes I kind of I well, see what you're saying I think it's what we did have it it's a good manager that's got a system that you, you should be able to buy players to fit in your system yeah. if you've got that in place which is a few teams around the league have got I think Coleman being one of them I think he's pretty much seamlessly brought in all the new players this season into that system Okay, they managed to keep a few players um, that I think was important, like Font and, um, and and people like that. But it, it it's just being able to plug in players to come in and play the same system. We've got a lot of sort of good youth players, um, like as you say, I mean the likes of Bartley and people like that. I think uh, um, will probably sort of see out another year or two for them, and it's just whether they can then get enough success to attract other players to come to the club but I think they're, they're in a good stead at the minute as you say they've, they've got a good good balance between youth and, and experience um, and I think in Lukaku they've got one of the sort of best strikers in the league um, although he costs a fortune I think he's he's a, a vital part of them and I don't really see anyone stumping up 30-40 million or whatever it would take to get him out of there so I think they've got some good corner pieces there that they, they can build on and um, They've got a good opportunity to, to to sort of have a decent crack at the league, um, which they've they've managed in the past on much tighter budget than than they're going to have coming coming up. Great, I think. I don't yeah, know. I, Sorry, go on, Mike. I think all, all I was going to say one last point on that about the the reinvestment would be that you know it, it's worth it's white and gold as well. I think the attitude, the approach that a club makes by you know a statement by saying now we're going to keep hold of these. Our, our young players, um, uh, our star players, and I think that in itself can, can attract people in. But, but you know, point taken about Southampton because they're having a, another another very solid season, um, when, when everyone thought that they're, they're, the wheels would come off again this year. Great lads, thanks very much for your time, and thanks to all those who have uh, who listened once again. Not easy at the moment with Newcastle being what they are, but like we said last time, I think we've done fifty fifty league games as a podcast. It's now fifty one with only ten wins. <laughs> So, relegation form. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. We'll be back on Friday with the radio show. And uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pods if you'd like. Cheers, lads. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.